Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Grace Curley Show. So many different topics to hit in this hour. We've got Woker Joke, obviously. We've got Hunter Biden in the news. Joe Biden's trip to St. Croix is underway. And there's a lot of other things to cover, a lot of sound cuts to get to. But in the first hour, we were discussing Nikki Haley's response when asked about what caused the Civil War. And she didn't mention slavery at all. And there were so many weird parts of this answer. But one thing that a texter just brought up, and I don't think I emphasize this nearly enough, and and a few callers alluded to this and did a good job, but it's my fault for not highlighting it more It's insane how she missed the opportunity to point out the Democrats and their own problematic history when it comes to slavery, when it comes to the KKK, when it comes to the Civil War. The way the media frames this, you would think this is something Republicans have to apologize for, when in reality, if she set the record straight, it could have been a big win for her. It could have been a great moment of clarifying that Republicans were very much more on the side of freedom than Democrats have been in the past. But that's not the way it's framed by the media. And her response, her timid response and her kind of beating around the bush it made it seem like there is a a reason for why the media frames it like that. And there's not. The media is lying. The media always has been lying about this. And she actually just gave it, gave them more ammunition. Uh, 844-500-4242. Joining me now, I'm very excited to talk to him about this and get his response, is Darvio Morrow. He's a friend of the show. He's co-host of the Outlaws radio program, and he is also a fabulous writer. He has a piece up right now in Newsweek all about this and about why Nikki Haley's comments are so insulting to GOP voters. Darvio, thank you so much for coming on the show. Let's first just start with your reaction to this non-answer answer from Nikki Haley. <laughs> well, you know, I'm reminded of um, a lot of times when Trump comes up with his, his nickname and stuff, a lot of times I'll roll my eyes. But well, her, her response made me understand a little bit better why he called her bird brain. That was the most insane, ridiculous answer I've ever heard. How do you not mention slavery when someone asks you about the cause of the Civil War. It's absolutely ridiculous. And she, it was a layup. It was a layup, and she missed it. And I think, as I wrote in my piece, I think that speaks larger to her mentality, her thought process. I don't believe that she's a stupid person. I know she knows better. This is the same person who removed the Confederate flag from government property after the white supremacists uh, shot and killed those black people at Mother Emanuel Church in South Carolina in 2015. So I know she knows better. Her son-in-law is black. I know she knows better. So to me, that 
when I looked at it from, from that perspective, of course it's insulting to black people. But I also looked at it and saw that this reinforced all of the criticisms that Republicans have about her, that she's cynical, that she's a cynical politician, that she says that she'll say whatever she has to to get elected. It reinforced all of those things to me because I know she knows better. There's no excuse for her bubbling that answer like that. Yeah. And, and you know what, Darvia, what you just said about reinforcing some of the things that people already say about her, some of the criticisms that I've heard. I agree with you on that. I mean, I, I've never been a huge fan of Nikki Haley, but I've never witnessed the kind of shady behavior that people oftentimes refer to. And in watching her answer that, I was thinking, what, what is she trying to do here? And the other part of this that you really touched on in your Newsweek piece is that it's insulting to the GOP base because the way she's acting, you would think that in her mind, she's afraid that the GOP base is going to be upset with her if she brings up slavery. I don't know any conservative voter who would have a problem with discussing slavery or discussing the fact that it happened and it was a big major player in causing the Civil War. It, it just makes me think she has a very low opinion of Republicans. Well, and that's that's one of the reasons why I really wanted to uh, mention that in the article, and I've said that on social media before as well, because I really need conservatives to start paying attention to this to start listening to this, to start seeing what it means when Republican politicians behave in this manner. Because, of course, it's insulting to black people. But it's also insulting to Republicans, because they do this stuff thinking that they have to. She has such a low opinion of her own voters. She thinks Republicans are so bigoted that she can't even mention the word slavery in regards to the Civil War without getting, without creating political backlash for herself. That should infuriate Republican primary voters. And the thing that I've, I've tried to get people to understand is like, look, we have a conversation about rhino all the time. The word rhino gets thrown around all the time. Well, if you are a Republican politician or a Republican influencer, you call yourself representing the Republican Party, the party that was founded as the anti-slavery party, the party of Abraham Lincoln, and you wobble on stuff like this, that is the de- that should be the textbook definition of a rhino. Yeah, and, and Darvio, I'm so glad you brought that part of it up because a lot of my texters, you know, I focused in the first hour on Nikki Haley and just how weird the response was. Like, I, I didn't understand. I, I understand sometimes you get a trick question. I understand you get a gotcha moment. And maybe she got a bad, bad vibe from this guy and she kind of was weary of him from the beginning. But it just didn't seem to me like that difficult of a question to answer. So I kind of focused on that. But what a lot of my callers and texters are saying is just what you said, which is this was an opportunity for her. This was an opportunity for her to explain the history of slavery and actually point out the hypocrisies of the Democrat Party and how they're always trying to kind of shift the blame on this on Republicans. And if you actually understand the history, it tells a whole different story. I would say that was a swing and a miss. She she blew that chance, Darvio. Well, and here's here's the problem. The problem with that is that Republicans get mad when they don't get credit for their history, but then you can't abandon it at the same time. And it's people like Nikki Haley who abandon it. And I'm not surprised that 
your text that you're getting a lot of uh, texters that are talking about this because you're up in New England where this tradition of of republic that specific brand of republicanism has been around forever and in many cases some of it is still around in New England so I understand how people can be like well wait a minute like there's there's a, I think there's probably more there's a larger awareness of it in a place like New England which has been for years until recent times the ancestral home of the Republican Party than today's day. But there are a lot of Republicans, and apparently even Republican politicians, who have no idea about the history of the damn party that they claim to belong to. And that's the problem. It's like you can't, they'll say, hey, we're the party of Lincoln when you want to talk to black people, but then when you have an opportunity to show that you're the party of Lincoln, you abandon, You can't get mad at the Democrats for taking your own history if you abandon it. And this is what we're seeing here. This is exactly what happened. She had an opportunity to talk about that history, to, to wrap herself around that as being part of the party of Abraham Lincoln. She intentionally chose not to. That is such a great line. You know, Republicans want credit for their history when it comes to these things, but then they abandon it when they, you know, get nervous or they don't think it's going to benefit them. It's so true, Darvio. Darvio, I love talking to you about this. You have a piece out in Newsweek, which everyone should check out. But I also just want to get your take on 2024. I've had you on before and you've talked about Joe Biden. I know we laugh about the stumbles and the bumbles, but it does seem like and unless something there's a big shift here, it seems like he's going to be the guy. Give us a few of your predictions as what we're going to see over the next year heading into this election. So I actually think it's interesting because, I mean, I believe Trump is going to be the Republican. And I think Trump actually starts ironically with all of the things that the country has been through, all of the things that we've seen with all the indictments and all the other things. I actually think Trump is a slight favorite in that rematch. Um, I think that there are people who are unhappy with the direction of the country. There are people in the Democratic base who are looking for options. And this actually kind of connects to that last conversation because this is why this, this is so stupid. At the same time where you have the largest amount of minorities since the 1950s looking for different political options, you have something Stupid like this comes up. This is this is why this stuff has Republicans have to stop shooting themselves in the foot. But I believe that if I like, I don't. I'm not a prediction guy because um, I don't like to be wrong. <laughs> but I think Trump is going to be the nominee. I, I feel pretty confident in that. I think Biden is going to be the Democratic nominee. I feel pretty confident in that. And if it's a rematch, I actually think Trump is a slight fight, is a slight favorite right now. And Darvio, another thing you talk about a lot when you come on this show, and I always appreciate it, is you discuss the, you have criticisms for both parties, but especially for Republicans when it comes to this outreach for minority voters. Do you see any changes happening? Do you see anything that makes you hopeful going into this election that maybe the Trump team is is trying a little bit harder or is, you know, kind of setting the stage a little bit earlier? Because I know in the past you've said, hey, you know, people, people want black voters to join them and they only reach out like a month before the election is there any sign that maybe there's going to be a revision in the way this is done well i'll say this uh, i got a, a dm from a friend of mine after the whole nikki haley thing uh, uh broken it was, it was a white guy and it was like how is it that donald trump is the only one in this race that has managed not to say something stupid about black people so that's a that's a 
that's a great start, right? <laughs> like, in the Republican primary of the candidates that are left now, he's managed to be the only one to not say something stupid about black people. So that's a good start. As far as his campaign goes, I don't know. It's, I haven't seen the infrastructure. I don't even know if they've built the infrastructure for the campaign yet. As far as the RNC goes, specifically, I'm very skeptical about that. First of all, they don't have any money. They're damn near broke. Second of all, um, last I knew, and this might, this might have changed since, and I'm making that caveat now, but last I knew, they still hadn't hired anybody um, for minority outreach, which is absurd. We're, you're going into the presidential election season. You should have already had, but this, this is part of the problem. Sometimes Republicans, they parachute into black communities two months or a month before the election and say, hey, vote for me. And then when it doesn't work, they say, see, we shouldn't have did that in the first place. Like, this, that's not how you court people. You have to build relationships. So as far as the Trump campaign goes, I don't know. I haven't, I, it's hard to see if they have any infrastructure set up yet. But I will say that it's a positive that he's the only one uh, of the ones that are left that hasn't said anything stupid about black people. That's, that's at least a good start. <laughs> I would agree, Darvio. I would agree. Darvio, please tell, you, you know how this happens. Everyone starts texting in. They want to know where they can find you, where they can listen to you, where they can read all your stuff. So give yourself some plugs here so my listeners know where you're at. Uh, yeah, you can follow me at D the Kingpin on all social media platforms at D-T-H-E-K-I-N-G-P-I-N. You can subscribe to the show, uh, the Outlaws Radio Show, wherever you get your podcast. And before we go, real quick, Grace, I want to... Uh, give you your flowers. I want to congratulate you on all of the the great, amazing stuff that's happening in your career. I'm I'm happy for you. I'm proud of you. I love to see my friends do well. So I wanted to make sure I give you give you your flowers before I get out of here. Darvio, I could say the same thing right back to you. You've been killing it, um, and I love following you. I love seeing what you're doing, and thank you so much. That means a lot to me. Darvio is always the first person to congratulate me when something cool happens, and I so appreciate that. Thank you, my friend. I hope everyone checks out your work. We'll be right back. People are already getting on the lines to talk about this interview. Get on the lines now. We're going to continue this conversation, and I also want to talk about Hunter Biden coming up after the break. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to The Grace Curley Show. We'll go right back to your calls in a second here, but today's poll question is brought to you by Toyota of Portsmouth, where you can enjoy a buying experience that is easy, personalized, and moves at your own pace car buying the way you want it to be toyota of portsmouth and route one in portsmouth jared what is the poll question and what are the results thus far today's poll question which you can vote in at gracecurlyshow.com is do you play the powerball yes all the time no never or occasionally if the jackpot is high the jackpot is high right now uh it's like 760 million dollars I play it occasionally, very rarely. I think my husband might play it more than he tells me, but I play it occasionally, um, and I, I do pick my... That would be another good question. Do you pick your own numbers, or do they let them pick it for you? I pick my own numbers. I like to. I, I don't see the fun of having someone else pick the numbers for you. But yeah, once in a while, Jared, I'll play the lottery. 64% say they'll play if the jackpot is high. 27% say never, and 9% say all the time. 
You know what I will tell you? Uh, one thing that I do every single time I do play the lottery is I'll tell people what I would do with money. I like to go through the hypotheticals. I like to really bore people with all of the minutia that I would buy if I won. I like to ask other people, what would you buy if you won the lottery? Where would you buy your houses? What would you do with the money? That is one of my favorite conversations. And everyone enjoys it so much, I'm sure. Uh, Jim, you're up next on The Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Jim. Hi, how you doing, Grace? Good, what's going on? Hey, one thing that's real really bugs me about I'm off to here in New Hampshire, and you know, I like Chris, and I know he supports Nikki, but we've got to deal with the fact that we've got people in New Hampshire that don't even realize Bill O'Brien is a New Hampshire delegate uh, for the Republican Party. This is Sean O'Brien from the Teamsters' brother. Doesn't that seem like a little bit of a problem? Nobody seemed to realize a few years ago when Bill O'Brien wanted to do a right-to-work campaign for New Hampshire, it, and it, it, it failed by seven, just seven votes. But it probably would have been a little different if we didn't go and have the head, uh, the head person pushing the right-to-work campaign being the head of the Teamsters' brother. That's a good point. I'll look into that more. Uh, Honestly, I know Sean O'Brien. I know a little bit about him because of the situation he got into at that Milton restaurant, Steel and Rye, and also because of his recent dust up with that Republican congressman where they almost came to blows in the middle of the hearing. Um, Not as familiar with his brother and uh, the, the New Hampshire aspect of it, Jim, but I will do some research and I'll come back with something once I know. Um, But I just want to speak to it because I'm not 100% on it. But as far as Sean O'Brien goes, you don't need to tell me much more about him. I I know he's a bit of a hothead and uh, he's a union boss. Thank you for the call, Jim. I appreciate it. Uh, Pat, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Pat. Uh, Hi, Grace. Um, Mm. I I meant to tell you, welcome to motherhood, the hood. Um, But the comment of that guy, Davio, Davio, whatever his name is. Davio. I disagree. Yeah, I disagree with him. Um, Trump doesn't need outreach for minorities. He's already proven in the four years with the record high employment rates for minorities. And I am tired. I'm an older person. I'm tired of um, us having to have a hyphenated America. I want a president that will work for everyone, everybody, and not. I don't believe in segregation. Pat, uh, I'm going to respond more to your your call when we come back, but I will say I think outreach to minorities, I think outreach to all groups is important. You need to make people feel like they're heard. You need to make people understand why you're the best candidate. That's part of running for president. So I would I would disagree with you, Pat, on that. Woker Joe coming up next. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. In response to that last caller who was disagreeing with Darvio, he was talking about how Republicans need to do better when it comes to minority outreach with these elections. And she was saying, well, you know, Trump was a good president for everyone and he shouldn't have to, you know, have that kind of outreach or he shouldn't have to prove it to other people. I would fully disagree with that because if you're running for president, that's exactly what you have to do. That's your job is to prove to people. And I want to win. And that means going to all different kinds of people, all different groups of people, all different races of people and explaining to them 
why you would be the best president. And it doesn't mean that you explain to them, I'd be the best president because you're black and this is what I think about this, this, and this. No, you can go to those communities and say, my policies make your life better and here's why. But you have to go to the communities. You you have to explain it. And if Trump can do that, he could win the election. He's not going to win it. What was that woman's name who called in? She was, And I'm sure she's a, a good listener, so I'm not hating on her. But the last lady who called in, he's not going to win it from getting just your vote. Or the people that you know who like Trump. That's not enough. That's that's something that I think the base here needs to understand. We're not enough. If we were enough, then we could all just chill out and put our feet up and wait. That's not going to work. Trump has fervent supporters. He had them in 2020. It was not enough. He needs to widen the tent. He needs to get more people in if he wants to win the election. I'm not... I don't think this stubbornness of like, well, he was a good president, so so why does he have to prove it to anybody? That stubbornness is not going to help us win an election. If you want to keep losing, then yeah, sure, go with that. But I don't want to lose anymore. I want to win. Uh, the number is 844-500-4242. And joining me now, talk about a winner. It's Taylor Cormier. Taylor is in the house, the Wizard of Woke. How are you doing today, sir? This isn't going to be a quick answer, is it? How are you? I'm fine. Good. How are you? I'm good. You sure? I'm sure. Your no. answer didn't sound very sure. Uh, you seem very energetic, very, uh, yeah, all that water. All that water. All it's making me, water. would you say I'm energetic in general, though? No, not all the time. You don't think I'm high energy? Uh, you have spurts of high energy. Mm-hmm. You're bubbly at times, but other times, not so much. Yeah, other times the, the tiredness Would you describe me. me as high energy? No. I would describe oh, thank you, you. I would describe you as consistent. <laughs> that's what I would describe you. The energy you're I'm at is reliable. pretty reliable. Yeah, reliable. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's a good way to describe you. Yeah, I'm a low energy appliance. Yes, mm-hmm. but you keep humming. Mm. Okay, enough about you. Let's get to woke or joke. Here we go. You know how it works. You call in. Taylor's going to read you a headline. You have to decide if it's woke or if it's a joke. And it's brought to you by Aviva Trattoria. A gift card to Aviva Trattoria is the perfect gift for any occasion. You can pick one up at any of their six locations. To find the one nearest you, go to avivatrattoria.com. Hit it, Jared. Everything woke turns to shit, okay? I started a joke. Ha, ha, ha. Pink-haired wokers. <laughs> <laughs> the word woke means loser. <laughs> All righty, let's start. Oh my God. Every time I think it's ending, it's, it continues the Mr. Garcia sound effects. Um, all right, Boy, let's. I'm real, my friend. <laughs> Let's go to the callers here. We're going to start with Amanda. Amanda, you're first up on Woker Joke. Are you ready for your headline, Amanda? Yes, ma'am, I am. Okay, here we go. All right, Amanda, here's your headline. Pro-Palestine protester unwittingly uses three Yiddish words in CNN interview. Woke. I'm sorry, it's a joke. Ah. Sorry, Amanda. Nice try. By the way, that was a joke. That's not true. All right, so we're off to a good start. Let's go to Jonathan. You're next up. Are you ready for your headline, Jonathan? I am ready. 
Okay, here we go. Okay, Jonathan, here is your headline. Why my black Santa stays out until MLK Day. Wait a minute, I don't understand the question. It's it's not a question. Is it woke or is it a joke? We need an well, answer. Okay. It's a joke. It is a joke. Okay. That's a long way. By the way, Actually, that was a joke. That's not true. This does make me think though, Taylor, you um you had a poll question the other day when you were filling in for Howie where your question was when do you take down your Christmas tree? Yeah. When do you take down your Christmas decorations in general? Like the lights outside. So the lights outside, I feel they can stay up through the winter and still it starts getting warm out. Really? Yes, because then it's safe to get up on the roof and take them down. All right. Once the ice has melted, I I leave it up because they're kind of a winter-ish thing. They look nice against the snow when it does snow. If you disagree, by the way. Decorations inside, they come down when the tree comes down. Tree's gone. Decorations inside gone. And now, do you think everyone else should abide by those rules? No, that's different for everybody, okay. I feel. that's I don't have a problem with what goes on inside your own house. That's I, I'm not coming over, but you do what you want. Okay. This is where I, that's really where I like to dig into is like, not so much your preferences, but do you get angry when other people don't abide by them? Because I find that with you sometimes that if someone else doesn't follow your rules, that can irk you. If it's your own private domicile, you're free to do as you please. But if we're out together in public and there are social norms to abide by, uh, or sh- I should say by which to abide, then you should abide by those. Got it. No more is necessary. I understand. Uh-huh. Uh, Scotia, you're up next. Are you ready for your headlines, Scotia? Yes, I am. All right, Scotia, here's your headline. Doctors Against Genocide buys Times Square ad space for New Year's Eve. While the ball is dropping, bombs are dropping. That's woke. It's not. I'm sorry. Made it up. Sorry, Scotia. They were. That was a joke. That's not true. They were planning an event at the Holocaust Memorial Museum in D.C., but they canceled that. Did they cancel it? Yeah, after they got backlash, they decided to change oh, it up a little bit. After they got backlash? Aren't yeah. they always getting backlash? And they though? were like, well, you know, our, our intention here wasn't to hurt people. That's where you draw the line? It's like, you really didn't know that having the Doctors Against Genocide Shutting event, down airports, that hurting people? No. Potentially. Yeah, this is where they draw the line. Uh, but they will be communicating better in the future about their events. They didn't want to be outright anti-Semitic. They just wanted to be veiled anti-Semites. Yes, yes. Got it. Uh, Dan, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Are you ready for your headline, Dan? I am ready. All right, Dan, here's your headline. I'm an ecosexual. I've fallen in love with an oak tree. That's got to be woke. It is woke. Not a joke. Not a joke. An ecosexual. An That's ecosexual. Like, that, uh, what was that movie, a Mary Catherine Gallagher? Is that what it was? A, what? Superstar, where she makes out with Who? the... you never seen that movie? Is this a person's name or the title of the movie? The title of the movie is Superstar. Superstar. But it's, I think her name was Mary Catherine Gallagher. I haven't heard it? of the movie or the person. Okay, never mind. Sorry. 
you're so receptive to other people's conversations. I'm though. letting you know I've not heard of either, so I may require more context to fill in the rest of this conversation. Uh, someone is testy. Oh, thank you. Someone is testy today. Yeah. I think the fill-in hosting is getting to you, sir. Uh, Okay. Do you want well, to know more about this story? Or? Yeah, tell me more. I'm okay. waiting. Uh, she's a, a, a tree hugger. She's uh, Her name is Sonia Semyonova, 45 years old, and she has found this tree. She does not have intercourse with it, but she That's says she says the tree fills her with erotic energy. She's a self-proclaimed ecosexual, um, a person who finds nature romantic, sensual, and sexy and often imagines Earth as her lover. Her lover. She, she also specializes in erotic storytelling, and she said she, lays, she lay eyes on a giant oak tree while on her daily nature strolls during lockdown. She said, I was walking near a path, uh, 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 walking a path near the tree five days a week for the whole winter. I noticed a connection with the tree. I would lie against it. Oh, so she does choose different partners. She's not just, it's not like she's monogamous with one tree in particular. She's, she loves the feeling of being tiny and supported by something so solid, the feeling of not being able to fall. Oh, gosh. Women will flirt with oak trees, but they'll go home with birch trees. Oh, do you think is that what you think, Jared? Okay. Huh. Um, Julie, you're up next. Once you go birch, you're stuck in the lurch. You're up next on Woker Joke. Are you ready for your headline, Julie? Yes, I am. All right, Julie, here is your headline. Gay swans are given 3D printed eggs after they build nest together. Oh, well, that's a hard one. I'm going to say it's woke. It is woke. Very good. Not a wow. joke. Not a joke. <laughs> Gay That's swans. Bad. Two male black swans. Are given an egg. A 3D printed egg. They're named Billy and Elliot. They live in Australia at the Melbourne Zoo. And they said during, uh, was it during COVID? Or no, it was just during the springtime, I guess. They they were victims of a fellow do a dog attack. I have a question. Yeah. The 3D printed egg. Mm-hmm. Once you get the 3D, once you get the egg printed, does it hatch? No, or, it's, it's, it's... That's just it's it. It's an inanimate object. So it kind of seems mean to give them this 3D so, printed egg. Like, they're going to be so hopeful that something's going to come from it. And then the egg's just sitting there the whole time. This is it's something just, that these zoos frequently do. They said, uh, one of the volunteers said, eggs aren't necessarily about just making babies. They're actually part of the behaviors inbuilt in these birds. The team placed the eggs in the couple's nest, and while they didn't, while they did show a fair bit of interest in the faux eggs, they did not sit on them this time. Regardless, the team said they'll keep working on it and will offer the birds the eggs again next breeding season. I don't like this idea. I think it gives them a false sense of hope that something's going to hatch from these eggs, and really, you're just putting, you know, these lame ducks in their nests. You waited for the the laughter; it didn't come. No. Doesn't feel good, does it? Is this the Black Swan event that uh, Catherine <laughs> Harris was talking about? <laughs> See, that's funny. Uh, that was that was good. Ed, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. <laughs> Are you ready for your headline, Ed? I'm fine. I don't know why he's in such a bad mood. Go ahead, Ed. Yeah, I'm ready. Ed, here is your headline: Newly opened New York City Palestinian restaurant sparks fury with anti-Semitic seafood menu titled "From the River to the Sea." 
I'm going to go with joke. It's not a joke. It's woke. It's true. <laughs> where was this? Where was not this a joke. restaurant? Not a joke. This is in Brooklyn. It's called Ayat. Oh. They said they didn't mean anything by it. They just it's it's just a saying. The owner said in his response on Facebook that they chose to include from the river to the sea in the menus because our interpretation on it is just simply freedom and rights to the Palestinian people between the Jordan River and the Mediterranean Sea. We're just against the Zionist mentality of like eliminate or flatten now, he said. Uh, Nothing he, like the like in there. Like adding, he meant no ill will toward Jewish people. Our neighbors are Jews. Our friends are Jews. We work with Jewish people all day, every day. Little <laughs> do you say, know. Little did you know you also want to eliminate the Jewish said, people. He could have just said every day. <laughs> he made it sound like it was tiresome. All day, every day. We do not hate Jewish people. It's the opposite. Judaism and Islam, they are the two most similar religions. <sighs> this guy sounds like a real brainiac. <laughs> All right, Taylor Cormier, thank you very much, sir, for your time, uh, for joining us for this Wait, segment. Wait, can we do one more? Sure. Let's, okay. uh, Bob, you're last up on Woker Joke. Are you ready for your headline, Bob? Hi, and Happy New Year. You as well, sir. Happy New Year, Bob. Here's your headline. Oh, say, can you see that our national anthem is ableist? Woke. It's a joke. <laughs> gotcha. Sorry, way, Bob. Yes, I'm joke. That's not true. Try again next week. If you um, won Woker Joke, you'll be entered to win a $50 gift card to Aviva Trattoria. We thank you all for playing. When we come back, we're going to talk about that speech that Hunter Biden gave. He gave a speech about how he would not be complying with his subpoena. And now that might become a problem, not just for Hunter, but also for the big guy. We'll talk about that when we come back. Follow Grace on Twitter at G underscore Curly. This is the Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. Jared, remember when Hunter Biden gave that speech and he was very defiant about how he wasn't going to testify unless it was. Unless it was public, he wasn't going to be deposed in private and uh, with Republicans because they were going to take his words out of context. And he's very proud of his resume. We should actually probably pull that because you know how that makes me laugh where he goes through all of his credentials. You know, I'm proud of my time as an artist and my time as a Ukrainian energy businessman and my time as a lawyer and my time as blah, 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 blah. And I don't know what it was about it besides the fact that it was just a boneheaded thing to do. I kept thinking... This feels like this feels like Hunter Biden is being a little too cute. Even for a Biden, this feels as though he is pushing the envelope. And you know what? I think I might have been on to something because then what happened? So here was the the kind of butterfly effect. Hunter Biden gives that speech on the steps of the Capitol about how he's not going to testify. Joe Biden's press secretary gets asked about it 
and whether or not Joe knew about it. And if Joe knew that his son was planning on defying the subpoena, she says, and do we have this cut, Jared, of, of KJP's response where she said he was familiar with it? Let's play this. Look, you know, um, the president was certainly familiar uh, with what his son was going to say. Familiar with what his son was going to say. Now, James Comer, the chair of the House Oversight Committee, and Jim Jordan are investigating, and this is from the House Oversight Committee, they're investigating whether President Biden sought to influence or obstruct his son's cooperation with the House's impeachment inquiry. Now, this is a big deal, as pointed out in Red State, because this can be interpreted interpreted as an impeachment-level offense. Now, you might be saying to yourself, well, a lot of things that Hunter and Joe have done would rise to the level of an impeachment uh, offense for Joe Biden. But still, them putting this in writing and saying, like, if, if he if Joe Biden knew about this, he was helping obstruct his son's cooperation, sorry, I'm getting tongue tied here, with the House's impeachment inquiry, that could be a real issue. And I'm really glad that Hunter did that. I'm glad because he didn't have to. And the other part of it, too, that made me think this was a bad move was that Jen Psaki, who usually spends all of her time explaining away why the Bidens are so brilliant. She went on MSNBC and she said, yeah, I'm sure everyone in the White House is hoping that Hunter will stop talking, is hoping that he will wrap it up and just stay quiet. Because there's so many factors at play. One of them being self-pity is not good box office. People don't want to hear from the multi-million dollar uh, painter extraordinaire about how bad he has it or how unfair everything is. And now that he's roping Joe into this, I'll be watching how this plays out. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. It's The Grace Curley Show.